Welcome to The Shadow Life. This is episode one, The Roman Files, son of a preacher man. The South was boiling during the heat wave in 1968. As Roman walked up the sidewalk holding his sister's hand, Aaron Rose. His Sunday school shoes were sticking to the broiling asphalt. Roman, Aaron Rose, and their mother, Mora, crossed the road headed to the white wooden church. You could fry an egg or anything else on it for that matter. It was hot as Haiti. Mora had the hold of Roman's other hand with a tense, sweaty grip dressed in her Sunday finery. She was a bundle of raw nerves. The oppressive heat wasn't helping her attitude in the least. Reverend Rob, Father always said, first you've got to get your head in the game. The right attitude before you can expect positive results. Well, Roman didn't think Moore's head was in the game. As the summertime heat fell upon the small, suffocating town of Melrose, like a damp, hot wool blanket, the Bailey family walked up the steps to the church where Mr. Bailey preached. Roman Carol Bailey, stop dragging your feet. Act like you've got the sense God gave a goose, Moore was always saying. Stuff like that. Roman detested whenever Moore used his full Christian name. He was often teased over his middle name, Carol, or as Aaron Rose pronounced it, Carol. Once inside the shade of the church, with its fans going full blast, it was much cooler. Moore loosened her grip on Roman's hand, just enough so he was able to free himself run up the aisle towards Reverend Rob. The first row was reserved for family and guest of the minister. After hugging his father, Roman would jump up on the front pew and march up and down, staring at the congregation behind him. Roman would stomp his feet like a little German stormtrooper. Up and down the pew in the custom-made orthopedic go-to-church shoes he had to wear to correct his pigeon-toed stance. While Reverend Rob prepared the podium for a sermon, Roman would suddenly stop in front of some unsuspecting church elder, stare him down, point his little finger, and declare they were all going to go to hell if they didn't watch it. Roman wasn't quite sure what it was, but he knew it wasn't good. You're going to hell, Roman pointed at Mr. Snodgrass, who owned the local hardware store. And you're going to hell too. Roman's finger now swiveled over to the old Mrs. Pickleface. She also filled in as his Sunday school teacher. That wasn't good. And you, and you, Roman went on pointing to anyone he thought looked just a bit too pious and righteous for his liking. Especially if they were older than dirt. Not long for this world. This was an every Sunday tradition. At least until Moore would become aware of his behavior jump up, run over, quickly jerk Roman's arm or pinch his ear, commanding him to sit for heaven's sake. Behave yourself for once in your life, Mora pleaded. Mora would dig around in her purse till she came up with that little bottle of Valium. Little helpers. She'd open up the hymn book to, Oh Lord, Thou Art, and pretend to sing as Roman looked up at her. He pretended to as well, for that's what they all were doing. Pretending. Pretending to be this well-adjusted, average, all-American family. When in reality, they were the very picture of dysfunctional, an American patchwork quilt of a family searching for their own identities, their own slice of the American pie. The ink on Reverend Rob's master degree from Duke University had barely dried when he accepted his new post as minister. He packed up his old beat-to-hell mercury with four bald tires and one working headlight and everything they owned and left Durham, North Carolina in the middle of the night. The rent was overdue. Robert Rob Bailey, eager to begin the Lord's work, would have moved his family to Timbuktu if that's where the work was. As it turned out, the Lord was a lot closer. 
Melrose, a small southern town on the outskirts of a college town where the University of Florida called home, known as The Swamp. As it set on the shores of Lake Alice, with its whiskey-colored water chocker-block full of alligators, their house was a common ranch-style home from the 1950s, found everywhere sprinkled throughout the South. Red brick outside and nondescript on the inside. Sparsely furnished with donations from the church, it just meant nothing matched. Price was right, the house came with the job, which was good since the church paid their pastors not much more than the man who cuts the grass. Roman was often found down at the General Mercantile Store, where Mora and Reverend Rob had forbid him to go on more than one occasion, mainly due to having to cross Bloody 27 at what was known, or County Road 27. The county rural highway separating the parsonage and the store so he could play checkers with the old-timers. Roman made friendly wagers for candy, cigars. The store sat under the shade beneath a giant 400-year-old oak tree, so... What else was a little boy to do but sneak on down there? Moore would often be sitting in the living room just staring out the window. She stared out the window a lot these days. She hated everything about being in a small town. The gossiping. She couldn't fart and not hear about it the next day. She smoked her Virginia Slims, holding her cigarette cocked in her hand as if she were pointing at something. The ash, long, defying gravity as it hung on to its precarious position. She knew how Reverend Rob felt about her smoking, but he had his vices and she had hers. Roman looked at Moore and recognized that far-off distant gaze in her eyes. The smoke sailed from her mouth and wrapped around her face, framing it like thin fingers, slowly moving upward and over her head. Reverend Rob told Aaron Rose and Roman, don't bother her when she gets like this. She gets terrible headaches sometimes and the sound of your voices like needles in her brain. The pain would leave her bedridden for days. Mora had been in and out of mental hospitals for most of Roman's childhood. Mora had a breakdown. The doctors had another name for it. They diagnosed her with schizophrenia. Without proper care and treatment, she'd become worse, they said. She couldn't stand being in the hospital. Neither They needed their mama at home. Mora needed to be home with her kids. So she was in and out till she couldn't take it anymore. Playing suicide, drug overdoses, drinking until she blacked out, anything to stop the voices in her head, to stop the hallucinations. On more than one occasion, Roman walked into the room and witnessed Mora in conversation with somebody who wasn't there. One time, after she was hospitalized, after one of her episodes, Reverend Rob was making breakfast, planning his morning class and trying to get the kiddies ready for school all at the same time. Reverend Rob had his own little breakdown. He had placed a plate of runny fried eggs and grits in front of Roman. After one look at it, Roman said, That's not like Mom makes it. I want cereal, not eggs. In his pissy little whiny voice, Hmm, do you now? Well... Not a problem. Reverend Rob picked up the plate of eggs, grits, and all, and threw it against the wall. Fine, don't eat it then, Reverend Rob shouted and stormed out of the kitchen. Both Aaron Rose and Roman, they just stared at the eggs and the grits as they slowly made their way down the wall, their mouths open, slack-jawed expression on their little faces. You're such a baby, Aaron Rose said, and gets up and starts cleaning up the mess. You're such, just make yourself some cereal and shut up for once in your life. Roman was quiet as a mouse for the rest of the day, not a peep out of him. Now they were both afraid that Reverend Rob would leave too. 
over some hamburger helper, Reverend Rob picked up his fork and tapped the edge of his glass. Speaking in his smooth, baritone voice, he said, I've been chosen to anchor a weekly religious show on TV. Imagine, if you will, Walter Cronkite meets the Billy Graham show, with a bit of local flavor thrown in for good measure. Both Aaron Rose and Roman stopped eating and looked from their father to their mother as as if waiting for her to confirm this to be true. The look on her face seemed to support his statement, but Roman quickly noticed something else in her brown eyes. That, that meant she hadn't made up her mind just yet. Aaron and Roman were thrilled nonetheless. They jumped up and hugged the father. Roman let out, woohoo, and jumped up and down. Roman's imagination raced unhindered. Reverend Rob was going to be on TV. He was going to be a celebrity. Several weeks had passed. Much of that night's excitement had worn off. Their lives had returned to normal. Then one night, Mora shook both Aaron Rose and Roman, dragged them out of bed, plopped them both in front of that old Magnavox wooden TV box set that crackled with fuzzy black and white images. Roman's eyes were heavy with sleep and he could hardly keep it until Aaron pinched him in his arm. Ow! Roman yelped. Daddy, she screamed. There he was, Reverend Rob inside the TV in his black suit holding some papers in his hands. He was looking right at the two of them. Earlier this week, Pastor Falwell held the annual Holy Rollers Tent Revival that drew its biggest crowds to date with over a thousand in attendance. Traffic was backed up for miles. It was then followed with the First Baptist Church Pig Roast, Reverend Rob, looking like a young Cary Grant on the tube. The annual softball game between the Highland Park Presbyterians and the Palatka Pentecostals promised to be a truly spirited event as usual. And that's how it went. Every Tuesday night, at 3 a.m., you could find Reverend Rob doling out all the spiritual news happens from the local area and beyond. Yeah, 3 o'clock in the morning. Who else besides insomniacs are up at this time in the morning? Moore would drag them out of their cozy warm beds and sit them in front of that old Magnavox TV. None of Roman's friends ever saw it. He gave up trying to convince that his father really even was on TV. Ricky, a spoiled kid in Roman's class, said that he was just making it all up because Roman was just jealous of his dad who did the local Chevrolet dealership commercials and talking, or rather arguing in the living room. The voice sounded both strange and familiar at the same time. He sipped the water from that old jelly jar glass and cocked his head to listen. It was way too late for company, he thought, to be in the house this late. He quietly tiptoed over by the door, put his ear up to the crack so he could hear better. You think you can do whatever you want, is that it? I know. Oh, Robbie, I see. I see everything. They'll string you up to the nearest tree. Don't you see that? What about me? The voice was strained, shaking like it was being squeezed out, like a mop getting wrung out in a bucket. Roman had no idea who that voice belonged to. He pressed the door, softly opened a glimpse into the darkened room, with only the television throwing an eerie light through the room. He saw a crouched figure huddled before the screen, only inches away. If it hadn't been for the bathrobe, Roman would have never recognized Mora. Her hair was wildly disheveled and the way she was bent over on her knees like the pictures he'd seen of monks praying in some temple in the pages of National Geographic. Except she wasn't praying, and she was no monk. She was talking to the TV set. Her hands clutched a cigarette, and she used it like a pointer at the image before her. Her mouth twisted in a grimace, the smoke glowing white in the light of the set as if it were on fire. She ranted at the fuzzy black and white image of Father 
looking right back at her. Roman stood there, his mouth gaped open, incapable of processing what appeared before him. Her voice trailed off as he silently closed the door and then quietly padded back down the hallway. Climbed into his bed, pulling the covers up to his chin, Roman stared out the window into the dark night. Why? Why would God make her this way? He just kept asking himself over and over as he tossed and turned, unable to find sleep or peace, staring out the window as the moon made its way across the night sky. He fell asleep. Thank you for listening to The Roman Files, Episode 1, on Shadow Life. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned and uh, stay with us. There's more to come.